What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Y'all doing all right? All right, good. So uh, if you're tuning with us online this morning, my name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We want to thank you so much for joining with us online this morning. But what we want to do is invite you to come and join us next week live and in person at 1225 Old Cape Road. You can join us either on a Wednesday night at 7 or a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And I don't think I said that's in Jackson, Missouri. So it's not just 1229 Old Cape Road. It's Jackson, Missouri. So if you're around here, we'd love to meet you. If you're one of our friends that's tuning around the world in Africa, India, the places that I know of that tune in every now and then, thank you so much for joining with us. Y'all know I met a new pastor here at this conference. I don't think I talked about this yet. He is in India. So he wanted to make sure he took my number. And he's not the only pastor I know in India, but he's the one I've met in person right now. So, uh, and he took my number and he texted me when he got back to India a couple days after the conference was over. So when you're flying around the world, uh, I guess that's a long flight. Amen. How many of y'all flown before? Anybody here flown before? We've flown before. I have only flown one time in my life, and it was for a leadership seminar with Start Church, the people that helped us do our paperwork here at the church. And it was a one-day flight, so I didn't have to pack a bag. I took a carry-on just in case I wanted it, right? I flew from St. Louis, Missouri to Atlanta, Georgia, and back in the same day. That's the first time I've ever done that, because that's an eight-hour drive, y'all. Y'all realize it was an hour-and-a-half flight, but an eight-hour drive. Look at your neighbor and say, we are taking back the time. Back. Woo. My pastor always said, you know, if you want to help some people, you can help donate to bikes and things in other countries as long as you know it's an legit source, because what happens is you're saving them time, too. So where you've got pastors that are walking miles to get to their church, if you give them a bike, think of how much quicker they can get there and the time they can save. He said, oh, you want to go another step? Give them a car. Think of how fast they can get there, amen? And then God developed flight, what was it, early, early 1900s, the Wright brothers, right? And now we can fly from here to the other side of the world in a what, around 14 hours, I think you can be in Africa? That's pretty quick, amen? How many of y'all, know, it used to take them a month maybe to get across the country, yeah. amen? But now... God is taking back the time. Amen. So I guess I better get to the message, huh? I don't know why I was going on that. Hey, take it if you want it, all right? Maybe God's been speaking to somebody about giving to a ministry over there or something, all right? Amen. So this morning, <laughs> Exodus chapter 14. Look at your neighbor. Here's what I want you to say. Most of you maybe have already found it. I want you to say, it's a new season. I got to cross over. All right, that's the topic of our message today is I got to cross over. Amen. So it is a new season. How many of y'all know? I didn't realize this till I picked up Devin this morning and we were riding to church, but I'm like, you know what? Fall started Friday too. So it's a new season in the physical, but it's also a new season in the spiritual. Amen. Amen. 
All right, yes, and it's a Jewish New Year, so we're, we're, it's just a whole new season altogether. How many of y'all have been seeing the good things God's been doing all over this world, amen? Revival's breaking out everywhere, amen? Iran, there's Muslims converting to Christianity because they see the truth in Jesus. That's a big thing right now, but guess what? The news ain't talking about it. You know why they're not talking about it? We, uh, I always say it here, God, why do we go there? They're false prophets. They tell you what they want you to hear. They don't want you to hear the good stuff, because if you hear the good stuff, they can't keep you in fear. How many of y'all know the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but say it, a love, power, and a sound mind. So how many of y'all know that's why they want you in fear? Because if they can get you in fear, you won't have love, power, or a sound mind, Amen. So they can get to you that way. That's why there's so many Christians struggling today. We got people walking away from the faith because they're looking at what the world's telling them is news. They don't see what God's been up to. People being rose from the dead. Blinded eyes being opened. Deaf ears being opened. Paralytics walking. Limbs growing out. Some of that we've seen here in this house. Amen? So... And yeah, my wife's here not too long ago. Her, her leg grew out because it was a little out, right? Amen. But we've had others, a couple of others that have had legs growing out and things in this service. We've had blinded eyes open. We've had deaf ears open. Why is that? It's because God's on the move. How many of y'all know God doesn't stop moving? The only one that stops is you. God keeps moving. I pray every day, God, give me the energy I need to get by. Because how many of y'all know God moves faster then I can keep up with sometimes. Amen? And if you're not in your walk spiritually, you're not praying, you're not talking to God, it will wear you out. Now I'm talking about if you're seeking that relationship. I'm not talking about those of you that just sit, and oh man, here we go. Not those, I'm talking about those of you that just sit in church on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. I'm talking about those of you that are out there doing it. Amen? Some I mean, of y'all know the missions is out there. It's not in here. Now, it can happen in here, don't get me wrong. The mission field's out there. Matter of fact, when we get our sanctuary, I, I do want one of those. At an old Baptist church years ago, I was preaching a revival or something, or I was guest speaking, and there was a sign as I walked out, you're now entering the mission field. I'm going to have to put that above our door when we get our foyer, amen? Say, you're now entering the mission field. You got here, you got refilled up, now it's time to go do the work, Amen. I mean, y'all know the work happens out there with the people that you're going to meet that I may never meet. Oh, come on. Y'all getting too quiet on me this morning. Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to do things a little bit different this morning. I'm going to go ahead and read first. I'm going to read the passage. Then we're going to go back and talk about it. Amen. All right. So we're in Exodus chapter 14, and God keeps bringing me back here. So, because we, how many of y'all know we're in a Red Sea moment right now? They were in one here where we're going to read, but we're in a Red Sea moment right now here in America, here in this world. The seas are parting. What did Jesus tell us years ago? Nothing that can be hidden will be shot from the rooftops. I'm not, I don't got the exact word, right? How many of y'all know that's happening right now? Things that some of these evil people have been trying to hide for years are now being exposed. And how many of y'all know there's a whole bunch of people about to go down? Just keep watching. I keep telling people, just keep watching. This is God's show. It ain't mine. 
And before it's all over, there's no one going to be able to say anything but God. Amen? But God changed our atmosphere. God parted the sea. God allowed us to walk through. God gave us the strength to pursue. God gave us the ability to witness to other people. That's all God. Anybody ever comes in this pulpit and claims the credit themselves, we just might as well escort them out the door. Because it's not you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's all about him. Amen. That's it. Y'all know I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to preach either. And God changed that. See, some people don't believe me, but that's just the truth. Yeah, I know. Because the Holy Spirit's good. Amen. Well, now look at Elisa. Elisa's another good example. If you know her story, the way she used to live, people can't believe that she's living like she is now. Amen? Look at Samantha. Samantha's talking about all the changes yesterday we was talking that's happened since she's been here. Amen? Because God is growing. God is on a move. Rebecca, you're coming through, girl. Stand up on your feet. Stand strong. After all else has been done, stand. You got a scripture? Oh, yeah. If you want to stand while I read, you can do it. Go for it. Stand is for reading of God's word this morning. In honor and reverence of God. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you're in trouble. You're going to have to bring your Bible to church. Amen? Matter of fact, I may never bring those scriptures back up here because I want to see people in their Bibles. Amen? I don't care if it's a phone or a book, but you need to be in it. But I think you need a book, too, because if the phone goes out, you still got a Bible. Amen? All right. Here we go. If you're reading online, you want to stand there in your living room, wherever you're at. Here we go. Exodus chapter 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahariath, whatever, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. How many of y'all got some wilderness that looks like it's closing you in? We're going to talk about it. Here we go. Let's keep reading. Um, Verse 4. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. That the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. I like how that's italicized in the translation I got here. It's the New King James this morning. I am the Lord. There's no other God. Amen. He proved, and if you go do a study on that, he proved that to the Egyptian through the plagues. Y'all realize that each plague was something they had worshipped as a God. And Pharaoh was supposed to be able to control that stuff. But God just showed, guess what? Pharaoh's not in control. I am. Amen. So I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 5 says, Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? How many of y'all know there's some leaders about to take that sentence to, to heart? So that he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of the Egyptian with caps or of Egypt, sorry, with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth before Baal-Zephon. 
Verse 10, when the Pharaoh, when the Pharaoh drew near the, near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, look at this, look at Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Doesn't that sound like people? Mm, we're going to talk about it. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is it not the word, the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we shall die in the wilderness. Can I just point something out to you this morning? These people have seen God move. Before their eyes, they have seen God move. Matter of fact, the text tells us that he was a pillar of fire by, at night and a pillar by day, a pillar of cloud by day, so they could visually see God taking them through this mess. Yet, what did they do? We're going to talk about it. I better not get too far ahead. We're going to talk about it. What did they do? They turned back to the leader and said, it's your fault. Why did I ever leave slavery? Woo, come on, we're going to talk about it. I got to read the text. I'm going to read first. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. He didn't say might. Moses said he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. And look at your neighbor and say, no more forever. Woo, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord said to Moses, I like this part because the leader's like, God's going to do it, right? What God say? He, why are you crying to me? What did he say? Watch him. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen look at your neighbor say don't give up just because it looks like the walls are closing in on you doesn't mean it's over it's those moments God wants to move the most amen the walls are closing in around you where is your faith is it in him or is it in the things you see on television and in this world that's the question you need to ask yourself. Where is my faith? Ooh, come on, we're going to keep talking here. 21, the Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. The people are witnessing another miracle. Okay, we're going to talk about it. i got to keep reading. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the army of the Egyptians. He 
took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Woo! I'm looking forward to this. Amen. It's happening today. Just watch. Verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and on their chariots and on their horsemen. And the Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depths while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Check this out. Then the waters returned and covered covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Now check this out. Hollywood has done a good job of twisting this, but check out what happened. It says not so much as one of them. That includes Pharaoh. Not so much as one of them remained. Woo, where am I at? I done lost my soul. Oh, there it's 29. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Amen. You can have a seat. I'm already out of breath. What's going on? Woo. If you ain't felt the spirit, it's in here. Get ready. Is this mine? I need some water. Give me just a second. Woo. I didn't count. Go ahead. I didn't count. It was. Yes. But it's going to be dry. Get watching. Just keep watching and keep believing. The muddy water, the muddy ground is going to get dry. Amen. Amen. Woo. All right. So today, (laughs) after all that, I want to talk to you about four types of people in the house. And pretty much everyone on the planet and everyone in this room falls into at least one of these categories more than likely. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Woo! So here's the deal. Four types of people this morning. Do you all realize that in this world today, we've got people living in slavery and bondage and they don't even know it? That's our first group of people this morning. Those living in slavery. Who are these people? Well, these are your lost. And these are some Christians that aren't believing, but they're claiming with their mouth they're a Christian, but they don't believe the word. Amen? Those living in slavery, and they don't even know it. How many of y'all know before I accepted Jesus, I was living in bondage? And slavery and stuck in my sin until God set me free and gave a new meaning to that verse. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Okay, let me just read a verse out of John chapter 1 verse 5 and we're going to talk about it. The light shines in the darkness. And I could have read all five, but for the sake of time, we're going to cut to this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And there's one translation that says did not, could not overcome it. Okay. 
I mean, y'all know we are supposed to be the light in a dark world. But that's the problem. Too many Christians are living in the darkness themselves. They're not lights. Y'all realize, and I don't, it's not dark enough to do it in here. If I were to stand in this room completely dark and I were to light a candle, do you realize that all eyes in this room would go to that candle? Do you realize that? If you don't, try it sometime. Sit in your house in the dark, turn on a flashlight or some sort of a light or a candle, and watch every, you can't watch because it's dark, every eye will go to that candle. Why? Why do you think Jesus told us we are to be a light in the darkness? It also said that any, a candle stand is not meant to be hidden or covered up, but to be put out where everybody can see. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So how many of y'all know you should be different? We got too many Christians and people living in slavery this morning that are just compromising with whatever the world wants to throw their way. They just compromise. Well, we'll invite this into the church, right? How many of y'all know that they're allowing homosexuals in the pulpit and calling it okay? Drag queens, in churches, they have entire events. These aren't true churches. And if you're a believer in that church, here's one word for you. Run. Judgment is coming. And it'll be here quicker than you know. Just because man says it's okay does not make it okay. If man is not living by God's law then they're not living for God at all. These same people are speaking apostasy. They're getting up in the pulpits and declaring things, changing the wording that they don't like, telling, they're rewriting history. Y'all realize that? They're doing that in your schools. Anybody ever heard of the 1619 Project? Oh, here we go. If you've not heard of it, let me include you in. Here's what they want you to believe through the 1619 Project. They're teaching this in some schools in this country today. I don't think it's in Jackson yet, but it's in some of the schools today. This is why there's such a ruckus and a fuss. They are completely rewriting history, and what they want it to look like is America has always been and will ever be the founders of slavery. How many of y'all know they haven't studied history? Slavery's been around since the beginning of time. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Cuban, Asian. It don't matter. Slavery's been around for a long time. The Bible talks about slavery. But a slave in the Bible text, it's not, it's not de uh, degrading someone. They owed a debt. The person owed a debt. And so until they were able to work off that debt, they became slaves to the lender. That's why I'm believing God for a debt-free church. And I'm believing God for a church full of debt-free people. Amen. That debt's kind of like those Egyptians on you. When God removes it, don't look back. Because you'll never see it again. That's what I'm believing for this house. Well, pastor, that's crazy. Well, that's what God gave me, so you can take it or leave it. We are going to help people get debt free so they can do what it is that they're called to do. How many of y'all know if you're in debt, I don't know why I'm going there today. If you're in debt, 
you can't fully live up to the ministry you're wanting to do because you owe somebody. That's why we don't have a credit card in this church. Nor will we have. God's going to provide here. Amen? And you can call me crazy if you want to, but I'm just crazy. And it was it two weeks ago, Devin, you called in the billions and millions. I'm believing that's a word from God because I've been hearing it. It's not so that we can lift ourselves up, but it's so we can help others get out of debt so they can see the truth that is in God. That's a bondage. That's slavery. But here's the deal. Let me just, as they're rewriting history, and as they're rewriting all this stuff, because you know they're trying to rewrite all the history. If they can get enough people to forget and then that generation dies off that remembered, guess what? You got a whole new history then. That's why they're going after our kids. Because they know we already been set when we know what the history is. If you studied real history, I hope you have. Don't just trust the school textbooks because there's some things in there that's a little fishy. If you've studied history, they know you know. So they can't convince you. So this 1619 movement, the whole purpose of it is to get to the kids. They want to teach this stuff when they're in preschool, kindergarten. That way, by the time they get to our age, they don't know anything else. Y'all look around the world. That's the problem today in the world. Instead of letting kids be taught at home like should have been done, we let the government teach our kids for how many years? And here's what they did. And they made it sound really good. See, this is what y'all got to question. They make it sound really good. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. You know what they're also paying for? The curriculum your kid's looking at. And if you've never looked at that curriculum, I want to encourage you, look. There may be nothing, but I'm telling you, there's a little bit of stuff just getting mingled in as they grow up. My son had to take a book back to the library the other day. This is in Jackson. He took a book back to the library. Whole book was great. Then there was a picture. Two ladies just got married. That's going back. I don't receive it, nor will I ever receive it. But how many of y'all know that's not the only problem with this country? Woo, we got to let God move. Here's, what, here's the deal, though. After all that, the why they want to do that, here, here's what the world wants. Let me just break it to you simple, layman's terms. They want to legalize sin. One word. And if you come against their beliefs and their system, you are now a bigot, a racist, and whatever else they want to call you. That's the way it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. This isn't new. People act like, well, this is the worst world. I've this has got to be the worst. They never, tr no, they did. They just didn't have the tech to push it worldwide yet. But it slowly worked its way in and slowly kept creeping in. That's what happens when you let the world teach your kids. Now we're struggling with two or three generations of kids, and I'm in that generational group. Most people in here are too, that believe things that aren't necessarily biblical. And then they're, they're questioning God. Well, I don't even know if that's a legit thing. Why do they think that? It's not because they're using their brain to logically think about the situation. It's because they've been told since they were this big, there's no God. You can't teach that in school. You got to teach this ridiculous thing we call evolution. Can I just be real this morning? Y'all know that's a lie, right? The whole thing is a lie. Woo. 
And have you ever noticed this? Man, I'm just telling it like it is this morning, I guess. Here we go. Holy Spirit, just keep going. Have you ever noticed as you look around in the world that the only, we'll call it religion for the sake of their terms, that gets persecuted is Christianity? Look at all of them. Go ahead. I dare you. They will welcome a Muslim school. They will welcome a Buddhist school. They will welcome anything else you want to teach. But you better leave that Jesus guy out of the picture. Because here's the deal. The truth convicts, and the lower world hates conviction. So here's the deal. Are you ready? It's the only religion, relationship, that convicts because it is truth. And truth is truth whether you like it or not. We've used it over and over, and we're still there. I don't know why. Go try to jump off the building and scream while you're going down. I don't believe gravity is real and see what happens. You're going to be a splat on the pavement because you can't change truth. One plus one is still two, last I checked. There are some people that like to teach you it's three. What? I'm just using numbers as an example. Don't get confused. And now there might be some people. But when it comes to truth, they want. See, here's the deal. When we talk about all these different truths and it doesn't matter what you believe, you're going to be fine. Those are called opinions. We don't call that truth. The world calls that truth. It's called an opinion. And whether your opinion lines up with truth or not, the sun is still hot. We evidenced that yesterday, but under that shady tent, it was nice, right? Woo. Golly, I got to get back to my notes. God chooses to spare us because of a little thing called grace. He doesn't have to do it. He looks at the mess. And I've told you, the joke is us. Have y'all thought about that? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror? Now, I'm not degrading you at all, but do you realize our lives are messed up? Sometimes I look in that mirror and I'm thinking, God, what were you thinking? And the older you get, things start getting out of place. Amen? Amen. There we go. We got to laugh a little bit. You got to live life just a little bit, right? Woo. God chooses to spare us because of his will and for grace. Amen. Well, we won't get into all that. God doesn't need. Here's the other thing. And I took it in the notes so I'd remember it. Have you ever heard anybody come with this excuse? Well, I guess I ought to do God a favor and go to church this Sunday. No, I've literally heard it. Some of y'all looking at me like, no, really? I have. Can I help you out? God doesn't need your favors. He wants you to save your soul. But you keep not allowing him to. Amen? Well, I'll give you God a favor. I'll show up maybe twice a year. Three times if you're lucky. That's Mother's Day. The other two are Easter and Christmas. Amen? They're doing God a favor. God doesn't need favors. He, he really don't need you at all. But he chooses to love you. He chooses to give you the opportunity of repentance through his son, Jesus. Amen? I got to keep moving. Here we go. So, and here's the crazy part about it. Let's read there in verses 10 to 12 there in Exodus 14. I'm going to jump a little bit. That's why I read the whole thing at the beginning. When Pharaoh drew near to the children of Israel, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Check this next part out. Then they said to Moses, here it is. 
Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way? Or why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is it not, is it, it is, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. You ready for group number two? Those wanting to return to slavery. We talked about it. Every plague was a miracle. God showed himself to the people. Some translations call people like that stiff-necked. I guess we'll use that, right? A stiff-necked or stubborn people, it doesn't matter what God does. Because you ever heard the people that say, well, if I could see God, I'd believe in him. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. He could stand right in front of you today and you'd still deny him. You know how I know that? The people here are looking at God. They've watched him move. They've watched him do miracles. He's a pillar of fire and a pillar of clouds standing before them at day and night. They see God. And guess what they still say? Let us go back to slavery. Now, they didn't word it, or word it like that, but that's what they're calling for. Look at it. And did you notice when they, they think, I guess at the point there in verse 10, when they were like, well, they cried out to the Lord, I guess they were thinking, well, we can't really come and get God, but we could blame you, Moses. Huh? Moses, it's your fault. Now I've got a Red Sea here, and I've got a group of Egyptians there, and I got nowhere to go. Moses, this is your fault. I should go back to Egypt and be a slave. Who are these people? These are the ones that go through an emotional experience at church. They weren't really saved, but they had emotions that day. Claiming they're going to change their life that day. Went back Monday morning and lived like hell like they did the week before. Because you get caught up in the moment. These type of people do. And here's what it, you remember that old saying, when the going get tough, the tough get going. Y'all remember that saying? These are the people that when the going get tough, they cry. And they want to go back to the way things used to be. Instead of moving forward with God where God wants to take you, when things get a little difficult in life, instead of calling out to God still, we just get mad and we decide, well, I was more comfortable over here. So I'm going to go back over here. So you remember the first group of people I talked about? Those that were in slavery and didn't even know it. And then these are the people that were in slavery too. Then they thought that they wanted deliverance. But all of a sudden when the going got tough, now I want to go back to slavery. Because it's just easier. Can I just break it to you real this morning? Christians, it's not going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. You might as well just expect some persecution and some tough times to come your way. Because I'm not going to lie to you like some preachers are today. Becoming a Christian is the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do. Because you're going to have to say no to everything that the world is telling you to do. Whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex. Oh, we got kids in the room. Sorry. Woo! It doesn't matter what it is. All of the people out there that aren't believers, they're going to tell you to do everything else. Yeah. 
Here's how Paul said it. He said, I die daily. We got to kill the flesh daily. Some of you hitting the snooze button. Begins your day. And I hit it three or four times. That's my wife. I have to set my alarm clock 30 minutes before I actually want to get up because I know I'm going to hit it a few times, right? Woo. We get tired, right? If you walked into this Christian thing expecting life to be easy from now on, I got news for you. Your life just got harder. Because now everybody else is going to try to get you to do the things they want you to do. And God's trying to call you to holiness and purity and teach you to turn your back on the world and walk in him. Well, that's impossible, pastor. No, it's not. Jesus said, I've already overcome the world. He's our example. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But you should be striving to be. You should be striving to be perfect. You're going to mess up. That's true. But you should be striving for perfection. Woo. So the Israelites here remind me of people in today's world. They're just a bunch of crybabies. Can I just be real? Y'all ever had that happen to you? You've been there. I've had my emotional spouts with God. Throw a fit, and then afterwards I realize how ridiculous I looked. I've argued with God. That You can do that? It's a relationship. How many of y'all know me and my wife, as good as we look on Sundays, don't always get along? We don't always see eye to eye. Neither will you and your spouses. Let's just be real. Or people. They don't have to be your spouse. Y'all realize we're not always going to get along. Me and Brett don't agree on everything. I'm sure everybody in here, I can find something I disagree with you on. But we live in unity. Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. So here's what the second group of people do. They start crying when it gets tough and they want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to the way it was. Because even though you were killing yourself, it seemed easier. What do you mean, Pastor? There's a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends in death. The end result of sin every time is death. What do you mean? The wages of sin is death. That's biblical. You need scripture? That's biblical. John 3, verse 19 and 20 says this, and this condemnation that the light, and this is the condemnation. So Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here, and he's telling them what the condemnation is. Are you guys ready? This is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest he deed, his deeds should be exposed. We've had people come through this house and not come back. Why is it? Because they don't want to come to the light. They want the darkness. I've been in trouble before. Y'all ready? I called some guys out before. I said, come down here. I want to pray with you, right? The Holy Spirit instantly gives me a word. I talked to him. There was a lady. We won't go to names or nothing. There was a lady in the audience who apparently they had talked to 
before they talk to me. And they're up here and God's revealing a word to them. I don't have to give you what that word is. It's, you know, that's their own personal stuff, right? I started revealing them exactly what the Spirit said. Do you know I got a phone call from that lady like the next day saying, you could give me a little warning next time. She's like, you just spoke to them the very exact words I spoke with them about over the phone the day before. She hadn't talked to me. I didn't know these guys from Adam. Not this Adam. It's a saying. I didn't know these guys from Adam. I didn't know who they were. I called them. I knew them by name. Called them out. We prayed over it. Well, actually, God gave me a word for them, and it wasn't necessarily a good word. How many of y'all know it's not always about the good feeling all the time? Timothy tells us you got to rebuke sometimes. We love first. Love them to the kingdom. But at some point, we got to deal with the sin. That's where rebuke comes in. It's not that we're condemning them. It's that the Holy it's like my pastor said. He, always, he had a, a, one time I heard him preach, and I don't remember which sermon it was, but he was talking about, it's kind of like this. You got a scrape or a, a, something getting infested on your arm, but all we do is give you a Band-Aid or maybe some cream. But until we get to the root cause of that injury, if it's something that needs removed, y'all know surgeons remove stuff when it needs removed. If it's something that needs removed, we remove it because then you can start to heal up for real. Too many churches are just whipping a Band-Aid on it, saying you're good, 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 have a good day. We'll pray for you. No, we got to deal with the stuff. Jesus says not to worry about tomorrow. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6, to 34 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not, here it is, you ready? This is the scripture. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Why did you bring that up, pastor? Well, because these type of people want to go back to it because it's easier. Or they don't see a way out, so they feel trapped. And some ways end in suicide. Some of y'all don't realize you're struggling with stuff, but do you realize all of us struggle, and there are things in our lives that other people have committed suicide over, but you're still here. They didn't get the deliverance. It shouldn't get to that point. Whether it's the church needing to love you back to where you can get to repentance or something you got to handle yourself, you're never trapped. God always offers a way out. I'll prove it to you. I think I got the scripture here that talks about that. I'm getting to it. Salvation doesn't make life easier, just more enjoyable. I put that in my notes right there real quick. We can enjoy life. We still go through the same stuff you do, but guess what? We enjoy it a lot more because we're not worried if I die in the next minute or tomorrow. Because when I die, I know where I'm going. They ain't a doubt in my mind. People want to blame God for their stress. Oh. But really, our own minds determine our stressful situation. I need to reread that. I read it wrong. 
People want to blame God for their stress, but really our own minds determine how stressful a situation is. The battle's up here. Getting stressed out and all of a sudden now you're blaming God for all the situations you put yourself in. Let me just be real. That financial debt started somewhere. It didn't come overnight. It was a little bit here. It was a little bit there. That drug addiction or that alcohol addiction or whatever it may be, it didn't start. Well, Sunday, one day, you're just an alcoholic. It was a slow progression over a period of time. And guess who's responsible for that situation? It's not God. Do you know, do you realize, let me just let you realize something in the now. Do you realize that every decision you've ever made in your life have led you to this moment? Your decisions have brought you here. Good or bad, you're here. And sometimes we just need to find a way out. And God is that way. But it's not because he did anything. He allows you to make your own choices. He allows things to happen. Okay, go ahead and go down that route. See what happens. It's like us and our children. You don't realize sometimes we got to let our children learn the hard way. That's another problem with today's societies. Sometimes you need to let them fall and scrape their knee or get a bump on their head. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? They won't do it the same way next time. That's us. You realize that's not just kids. That's adults, too. Sometimes he's got to let us fall down a little bit so that we can figure out, you know what, we really do need help back up. Maybe I should have listened to what he had to say the first time. Don't do that. You're going to fall. Saya's out here standing on the edge of an empty box this morning. His mom rushes out to the door. You're going to fall. And I'm sure at that moment he's like, no, I'm not. But you know, if he'd have fell, it may not have been a good result, but he'd have learned. How do you learn not to touch a hot frying pan? Go ahead and try to touch it. Now, even adults do that. Can I be real? I've had times where I've reached over the pot, right? And either the steam will burn me or I accidentally touch it. Y'all had those moments? Oh, yeah. And guess what? I didn't do it that way again. Oh, well, it can just get hot. We're going to get that in a minute. Amen? Woo. All right, all right. So, because here's the deal. Your stress leads to a thing called depression. The battle's up here. How much stress you're allowing up here is what leads to anxiety. It's what leads to depression and leads to a whole world of other things you don't want to get involved in. But sometimes we have to learn the hard way. So here's my encouragement. Stop focusing on what's around you and focus on God. And I just talked to Rebecca about this yesterday, and this has been in my notes before I talked to you, Rebecca, but it's funny how it comes back up, right? We go through stuff so that we can help someone else. That's it. Anytime I'm going through a situation and it's bad and it don't look good, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. One day I'm going to meet someone that I'm going to be able to say, you know what? I've been there and I've overcome that. And here is how you do it. Amen? Now, ultimately, I'm going to point them to God if they don't know him first. But then there's other situations where you just got to explain things just in the natural, right? So here's my emphasis. So see, here's what happened to the Israelites. Even after they crossed the Red Sea, 
Do you realize a five-day journey turned into a 40-year journey in the wilderness? So your decisions can lead to detours. Uh Uh-oh. But if you're a believer, you know that the wilderness is strengthening your faith. So look at your neighbor and say, bring on the wilderness. Woo, the enemy would have you feel trapped, but Jesus wants to set you free. Woo. John 10, 10, y'all know this. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus talking, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You want life? You want a way out? You're going to have to stop trying to do it your way. You're going to have to listen to what's God's way out of this. What do I got to do? People with addictions, sometimes we have to go get help. And you know, we are, we know several, and one of them's Freedom House. Several places you can go. We got one in Sykeston. It's closer. If it's an addiction like that, you can get delivered from that. Sometimes you just have to be there, right, Lisa? How long were you there, Lisa? Eight months? Eight months, Lisa had nothing but the word of God. That was it. She did chores, right? Is that right? And she did little things, but everything they did had to do with the word of God. They were always being encouraged. Y'all get yourself surrounded by the word of God because the word is truth. Here's the verse, y'all ready? When I said Jesus will set you free, he wants to set you free. John 8, 34 to 36, Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. You guessed it. Sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Can I break that down for you just a second? I don't know how long I've been up here. I got some more stuff to talk about. Woo. A slave never officially becomes part of the house. They might live there. They might be there for a time, but they're not a son or daughter. If you're a slave to sin, you're not a son or daughter. You're a slave. But Jesus says a son abides in the house forever. So what is he saying? He's saying when you come to God, son or daughter, you are now adopted into God's family and you have an inheritance. Slaves don't have an inheritance. You do. If you're a child of God, and if you're not, we can settle that today. You can become a child of God today, right where you're at. I'm going to skip that part. Woo, So we need to get wrapping up here. Woo! God had deliverance in store for Israel. Behold, this is Matthew 10, verse 16 to 22. Behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But be aware of men, or beware, I'm sorry, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. That's religion too. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit in your Father, of your Father who speaks in you. Verse 21, now brother, 
will deliver up brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against parents. Sounding familiar, any of this? And cause them to be put to death and you will be, what does it say? If you got your Bible open, you know. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. This is Jesus talking. But here's the good part. He who endures to the end will be saved. That word endure is important. You got to endure. You can't just say, I want to go back to slavery when the going gets tough. You got to say, I'm pushing through. I'm not a slave. I'm a child of God, and by golly, I'm going to make it to the other side of this Red Sea. And you know what happened to the Israelites here when Moses is doing it? He's, what did he say? People cry out to Moses, 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 this is your fault. What are you doing? And he says, John, y'all, just be quiet. Watch the deliverance of the Lord. And what God say, why are you calling out to me? Raise up your rod. The people are going to walk through on dry ground. How many of y'all know they could have stopped? Moses could have just left his rod down. They would have been slaves again just like they wanted. But Moses was obedient he raised his staff. The sea parted. It said an east wind came and parted the sea all night. So you see these movies look awesome where it goes whoosh and it's done. But it took all night. It was a wind. And then here's what happened. Here's what you need to understand. They crossed through on dry ground. Some of you are walking through a miracle and you're in this third group of people right now. The third group of people are those that are in the middle of the sea looking back. You're walking through a miracle. You're on dry ground. This is a sea. The water is on either side of you, yet you know there are some. Are they going to get us? Are they going to get us? Some people are walking through, and in the midst of that, whether you give up or not determines whether you're going to get that whole miracle. It says the Egyptians pursued and went and after. This is 14 verses 23 to 25. Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. He took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Some of y'all, this is a shouting point. The Egyptians are pursuing. Your Egyptians are pursuing. They're coming after you. God's saying, what did he say when he told Moses? He said, tell them to move forward. I'm telling you this morning, move forward. It doesn't matter if there's a sea there. Take a step on it and see what happens. Do you realize this is the first time they saw this miracle? It happened again later at the Jordan River. Some of y'all need to go read that story. When they're crossing into the promised land, the priest, as soon as their foot hit the edge of the water, it went whoosh. And it parted and they walked through to conquer the land promised to them. Some of y'all need to understand God's doing the hard work. You just got to get your hands dirty sometimes. You got to trust 
Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Or wait, I'm sorry, I said that backward. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They didn't know the sea was going to part in front of them when Moses lifted up his rod until they saw it happen. But Moses had faith. Some of them probably did too. I'm not going to say the whole group was bad. I'm sure Joshua and Caleb were sitting there like, let's do it. Right? You read about them in your text. Let's do it. Let's go. We can do this. We got them. I love that enthusiasm. Right? See that in our youth today too. Adults, we need to have that too. Let's get them. We got it. God's got this. Doesn't matter what's back here because he also, remember what he said? The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again forever. Woo! Some of y'all need to stop looking back while you're walking through the sea. And you need to keep moving forward. Because there's people in the middle of their miracle that keep looking back. If you don't believe in God now, guess what? We said it earlier. What makes you think you'll believe in him when you see him? Now, I got ahead of my notes, I guess, on that one, because that was later here. But really think about it. Don't tell me, well, if I see God, I'll believe. No, you won't. God could drop out of heaven right now, and you're still going to confront him and face him and say, no, I refuse to believe in you. How many of y'all know that, can I be real? I've talked to atheists. I think an atheist really believes God's there. They're just mad at him. So what do they do? Say, well, God, I'm just going to stop believing in you. That's like a child. Come on. It's like a baby. Right? I didn't get my way. I hate you. You ever heard that one? Come on. If you're a parent, you've heard it from your kid. And that's what they're saying to God. I hate you. Why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do it the way I said it should be done? Our ways are not God's ways. Woo. Some of y'all need to hold your tongue. If you're arguing with God and you don't have a relationship with you, look out for the lightning. He loves you, but he's only going to take so much. Well, show me that scratch. Well, the Egyptians are getting ready. They just died. Y'all realize that? These people saw God move too. Do you realize that? The Egyptian army saw him do the plagues. They saw God prove to them their Pharaoh was worthless when it came to power. Because God has the true power. Yet they still pursued into a parted sea. How many of y'all know that's just crazy by itself? Just because God's delivering his people don't mean you're coming. You keep bucking God, you're going to end up in the middle of the sea, and the water's going to come crashing down. And we're going to be looking back at you saying, wow, is this the people we were so afraid of? See, that was a moment. Some of y'all should have got that one. You'll never see him again. Keep walking until you see God's deliverance. Some people only get part way and then they give up. But God's delivering you, Julie. She's not the only one. But it's a process. I spoke to her. It's a process. Rebecca, and some of the rest of you that are in here that I know them because they've told me stuff, right? You don't give up in the midst of your miracle. You keep walking. Because here's the part, and I, I am, I don't, I've never heard this before. I said it when I first did this message years ago. But you know what? Who you used to be doesn't determine who you're going to be. So I'll take credit for that quote. I don't know if somebody else said it before me, but I'd never heard it. Right? 
That's a God quote. I shouldn't take credit for any of it, right? That's God. Who you used to be, some of y'all need to get that this morning, who you used to be doesn't determine who you're going to be. God's taking you through a sea for deliverance. He doesn't want you dabbling back into it. You realize if they'd have turned around and went back towards the Egyptians because they were scared, they'd have drowned too. You got to beat the flesh down till the new you can walk out. If you continue walking, the Egyptians that are chasing you, you will never see again. But your faith and your eyes have got to be on God and where he's taking you. Some of you can't tell that picture is a sea that's parted. You need to be looking to the light at the end of that sea. Not behind you. What, this, what happened then? Keep walking. You'll never see him again. Let's wrap it up. Woo. Then the Lord said to Moses there in verse 26, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth. That was probably a scary moment for those trying to cause fear, amen? Oh, come on, some of y'all didn't get that. There's some people in this world that's been pushing fear. Their fear's coming. You're seeing it now. You're seeing it on mainstream news and you're seeing it on real news. They're panicking. God's moving. They can't explain that. They're telling on themselves. You guys see this stuff going on around you? If you don't, you need to look closer. You need to look at what God's doing. Now, turn off channel 12 and all the news that you see around here. Look at the stuff God's doing. Let me keep reading. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The morning appeared. The sea returned its full death while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. Doesn't matter if they're chasing you through your sea or not. Because guess what? As soon as your foot sets, your foot sets foot on the shore, you'll never see him again. God will wash him away with the sea he's just got to get us as children just like children to see he has better for us yeah you got used to that way but he has better for you the question is are you going to walk in the better or are you going to settle for the now oh, that's good too I wrote that down Whew. Keep walking until God completely delivers you. So the fourth group of people we're talking about as we wrap up this morning are those that get delivered. That's it. You got the ones living in slavery that don't even know it. You got the ones wanting to go back to slavery. You got the ones getting afraid in the middle of their miracle and wanting to go back to slavery. And then you got those that get delivered. And how many of y'all know those that get delivered are making up the remnant church right now? I don't care what the world's tell you. I don't care what the news has told you. God's remnant church is rising up right now in the here and now because as persecution comes, faith increases. People turn into God because they got nowhere else to go. The government hasn't done anything for them. Other people haven't done anything for them. Now they're putting their eyes on God and guess what? They're getting delivered. Revival is breaking out all over this world right 
now. We got too many Christians sitting in pews that don't want to pay attention to God. That's why they're dying where they're at. Sit there crying about the way the world is instead of lighting a candle and getting out there and doing something about it. That was an amen moment. I'll do it again. Sitting here crying in the pews instead of lighting a candle and getting out there and lighting up the darkness. Go. If you don't know what else you're doing in this world, God said go. Make disciples of all nations. Do you realize you're all full-time ministers? It's not about a paycheck. Wherever you're at, you're a minister of God. You should be living and acting like it. Man. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall on them on their right hand, left hand. The Lord saved Israel that day like he's saving his church now. (coughs) Well, I don't know, Pastor. You better pay attention. If I die tomorrow, I'm good. Because I've been watching God deliver. I'm still just as pumped today about God as I was 30 years ago when I got saved. Woo, I had to think about it. Some of you are only 30 in here maybe, huh? Some of you ain't even that old. Woo. The Lord saved Israel out of that day of the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the, what did it say? So the people feared the Lord. That doesn't mean they were just afraid. That means they reverenced him. They respected him as the Lord and believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Moses could have threw the rod in the sea at that point when they started crying to him and said, you know what, I'm done with you people. God deliver me. Forget about them. God offered, y'all know God offered Moses an opportunity to do just that? He said, I'll kill all of them. I'll start a new nation with you. Moses said, now wait a minute. The same leader they were persecuting stood up for him, and if he hadn't, they would have been dead. Y'all realize that? So before you go persecuting your, your leaders, you better find out what they're doing on your behalf. Once you cross this Red Sea, keep walking until you get to your next Red Sea. How many of y'all know another one's coming? Can I just be real? The next one's probably going to be a little bit bigger than the one you just crossed. Whew. And then after that, there's another one. Let God build your faith so that the next Red Sea, you'll know the Lord has your back. Why do I believe it? Because for 30-something years, probably before that because I was born, right? 42 years, God has had my back. So, yeah, I believe it. I can personally testify to you that God has had my back. There are times I should have died, but I'm still here. No matter how big the sea is, it's the same concept. We just trust God. Do what he tells you to do. In Moses' case, lift up the rod. In your case, whatever your situation is good, do. If he tells you to do something, you got to do it. And you just got to trust that the next step, he's got you. And I promise you this. Here's what I will promise you. 
if you'll take that next step, if God's telling you to do it, and you take it, no matter how scared you are, your faith's going to build that much more when you see him do what he said he was going to do. No matter how big the sea is, it's the same concept. God is your deliverer. With each sea, your faith gets much stronger. That's it. That's all I got in my notes. But uh, come on. I mean, y'all know the demons get bigger too. Maybe not physically, but they're going to come with you with something a little bit harder next time. See if you're going to hold it out. This time it was a bill you didn't know could get took care of, and then all of a sudden God paid it off in the 11th hour, right? And then next time, it's not just one, it's 50. They get bigger. But why do they get bigger? Because they're trying to trip you up. But if you'll hold steady the reins of your life, not God, you don't have him on a rein, so don't get me mixed up. God is the one leading the way. He's not our co-pilot. He's our pilot. Amen? Whew. If you will hang tight, you, as that next thing gets bigger, so will your faith. Because now you just, just see him just deliver you from one. He delivered you from 50. And next time it's going to be 100. And you know what's going to happen next time? He's going to deliver you from that too if you're willing to be obedient. And then when you pass the 100, you're going to look back and say, you know what? I can go a little further. And the next one's going to be 1,000. 10,000, 20,000. It's just going to keep bigger and bigger and bigger. What do you mean? I mean the trials are going to get harder the further you go. Because your faith is what sets you free. That's what Jesus told people when he would heal them. Your faith has set you free. Woo, if you're tuning with us online this morning, <clears throat> thank you so much for joining with us this morning. I uh, appreciate you tuning online. We want to meet you in person. We'd love to pray with you about any needs you have going on in your life right now. But if you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that is where the journey starts. That's your first Red Sea. Do you believe in God or not? Do you trust what he says about Jesus being the way, truth, and the life, or do you not? If you overcome this one, you'll be able to go further. But just simply, all you have to do is ask. It's really easy. God made it simple. You ask. You ask him into your heart. You repent of your sins. You walk forward. Let me just, I'll give you a prayer, but I'm telling you it's not about the words. It's about your decision. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. You prayed that prayer, you meant it from the bottom of your heart. I'm here to say congratulations, welcome to God's family. Your next steps, you need to get baptized. Following in Jesus' footsteps, we get baptized. That's the new, do we want to go that far? That's the new uh, circumcision. So the Bible tells us. Baptism. Showing the world everything that's already happened in your heart. Baptism doesn't save you. Too many people getting that confused and tripped up. It doesn't save you just because you've been baptized. All you did was get wet unless you had a relationship with God. 
The relationship is first. Baptism is next. It's like your birth certificate. You're telling the rest of the world, I'm new. I'm born again. I'm a new believer. I believe in Jesus. He's my way. The next thing you need to do is find you a good church home, whether it's this one or another one. You need to find a church home that is making disciples and pushing forward with the kingdom of God in the midst of the world that's telling you it's not there anymore. God bless you. Thank you for tuning with us online. We'll see you next time.